welcome to the new and improved Over the Farmgate podcast. Here at Farmer's Guardian, the whole team has been working hard to improve our weekly podcast, bringing you even more of the news and views that matter to UK farmers. We'll now be going live every Friday, so you'll be able to put your feet up, have a cup of tea and read your Farmer's Guardian whilst you're tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite platform if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. This week we're exploring what sustainability means to farmers across the country to mark the launch of Farmers Guardian's Farming Can campaign for another year. Farming Can aims to highlight the pivotal role agriculture plays across wider society. From the importance of soil health, efficiency, agricultural technology, renewables, farm biodiversity and succession planning, when you think about it, sustainability really does have a huge remit. Hannah Park has been catching up with three farmers to find out what sustainability means to them, why it's the buzzword of the moment, their key goals and the challenges that they face. Hi Tom, thank you very much for joining us today on the podcast, good to have you here. We could perhaps just start please if you would just introduce yourself and your farm, just what you farm and where. Yeah, no, um... I'm Tom. I'm a beef, sheep and arable farmer in Herefordshire, um, although recently diversified into peri pears, which is going to be an extremely slow diversification, but we're giving it a go. Um, farming in the Golden Valley, just finished lambing, tailing off the end of calving as well. So, um, yeah, it's quite nice now. We're slightly quieter. Yeah, it's certainly a busy time up and down the country with uh, lambing and calving, as you say. So uh, good to hear um, so obviously we're here today to chat about sustainability in kind of all its forms. Um, so I am quite keen to unravel the term, really. Um, I think everyone's quick to jump on the environmental element, but perhaps um, perhaps it's sort of merits exploring a bit more widely. Um, so just in your own words, um, perhaps you could just describe what sustainable farming is and why do you think it's become such a buzzword of the moment? Uh, I, I think it's become the buzzword of the moment. Um, but I only mainly because there's more of an emphasis on the environment. I've always looked at sustainability as meaning the social aspect, the economic aspect and the environment aspect. It just depends how much you put on each of those pillars, as they're called, Um I think the environment aspect's been happening probably since the late 90s, 2000s, gradually gaining momentum. And we've sort of hit a peak now, momentum um, in terms of the environment. And we've in the industry, we've seriously neglected social and economic factors of sustainability. Um, and I think we're seeing that now more than ever um, with volatile prices simply overnight happening. Um, and I think that's why it's the buzzword, the environment's the buzzword, because it's just, it's really good um, media. It's a really good way of getting people on board with um, clickbaiting articles. Uh, you know, it stirs emotion. Um, it's great for algorithms on social media, in my opinion. Um, a bit like farming and, and veganism, that's always very, very um well interacted with and I think that's the same with the environment and sustainability in agriculture I think a lot of people in the general public have an opinion on it I just don't think they quite necessarily know enough about it to give a, a fully rounded opinion as it were 
Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And certainly that um that clickbaity sort of, of thing um is is possibly one reason why the environmental side has, has gained so much traction. Um so thinking about them three pillars that you've that you've just highlighted, um, which I think are really interesting, um what are the sort of or what would you say are the are the key components of sustainability sustainability and sustainable farming um for you and your own business at home? I think um, for our business at home, we've neglected the social side of it. Um, I think all of agriculture has, uh, and that's not me trying to bash the industry, I just think we've really neglected the educational side of things, which won't help our social aspect of things. So um, I probably need to start navigating my business on the norms and the cultures of society today. How do they want to eat food? Uh, How do they want to see food produced? Uh, at what welfare standard, um, you know, at what, how many sprays, fungicides do they want me to put on the crops? Do they want me to use fertilizer? Do they want it to be organic, inorganic? Um, you know, the economic side of it, I think every farmer looks at that um, because we have to otherwise can't run a business. And I, I don't think any, there wouldn't be many farmers that perhaps go out every morning and say, well, I'm going to do this because it's good for the environment. I, I think every farm relies so heavily on the environment that it's just second nature um i remember one lecturer telling me once that farmers are the biggest advocate for the environment and that was at a time when farmers were being bashed um quite heavily and the more you think about it the more it makes sense if your soil profile isn't healthy enough if you've got you know poor organic matter your mp and k's are wrong uh, poor bacteria levels your crops aren't going to grow you're not going to be as profitable as the next door neighbor that might be better than you um so it makes no sense for us to um head in a backwards direction in terms of the environment there's also the other argument that, that actually it's my office outside is my office i was always brought up uh, to be able to identify different species of flora and fauna um you know and i take quite pride in that that i can you know identify the bird or the tree that i'm looking at um and i want to see more of them um i really i really do and we can farm in harmony with the environment and still make a profit um but that's what farming's been doing for generations it's not just happened overnight or in the last 10 years nor is it some great awakening that's happening um through the new environmental schemes um so i find that all something my business is trying to balance um you know we're just a mixed farm in hereford but it seems that the government really want to push us down the environmental route and i'm going to have to look more at my business's sustainability environmentally um but i do sort of have a feeling as we don't realize how good we've got it in this country we're absolutely spoiled um so i you know, I don't know quite where we're heading with sustainability, but it's in, it's interesting to me. Mm. Yeah, and do you have any specific sustainability goals that that you'd like to achieve, or are you just to highlight the 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 sort of schemes and the direction that they're heading? Are them goals dictated slightly by that sort of thing? Would you say? Um, yeah, I, the environment side of it, I'm not overly blown away by it. Some of it seems totally unachievable in um, the higher tier. Um, tier one and two seems pretty achievable, um, especially for my farm. It's quite a lot of grade one ground, grade two ground. that really want to be taking it out of production, you know, the very small margin areas I can. Um, 
The social aspects of sustainability, I think, has been completely overlooked by the scheme. There's a bit of money I see um, in, in mid-tier that you can claim for having um, educational visits, which is great, but they really haven't advertised that. I just found it as a caveat somewhere once when looking. Um, and we do do a bit of school visits, but definitely not enough. Um, but again, it's it's making your farm safe and getting the advice to do that. I think open farm Sundays are great, um, but they tend to only happen once a year. There might be a reason for that because it's actually quite a lot of work to set up and keep your farm available to the public. Um, and the social aspect, I mean, is totally overlooked. They're, I suppose their argument of the scheme is this is what the general public want public money public goods um but i would imagine some of that um social side might have changed with the risk of food security we won't see the risk of food security yet i don't think i think we'll see it in the next six to 12 months um when harvests do or don't happen and when we really struggle to import and export food when countries um can't afford to to export, they need to keep their own food in their country because they can't afford to import any in. So I, I think that's coming. And I think the general public with this genuine financial crisis that it looks like we're about to go into um, might change their mind. Um, you know, tree planting and things like that um, all looks very, very good, doesn't it? If you're the average voter driving by on the road and you see thousands of trees planted think well this this government really cares about the environment they're getting trees planted but i'm not entirely sure if they if they understood the whole scheme whether they think is actually enough um i think tree planting is just a bit of a visual hurrah to the general public voter they don't quite understand all the good work that's already happened in that soil where the trees being planted do you think there's kind of been a bit of a missed opportunity in terms of 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 this these schemes and the way that they've been designed to sort of cover sustainability off in a more rounded way is that what is that what kind of needs to happen do you think um to sort of hit some of the social and other elements that you've highlighted yeah definitely um, the money they're offering probably isn't enough is it i mean it's not going to replace single farm payment they say they will and hopefully they will um because some businesses are really going to rely on it but I, I don't think it's a rounded enough approach and I don't think it's been that well thought out. I think everyone jumped and rushed at the idea of creating this environmental haven. Um, it's absolute utopia of Great Britain but and really, really the blueprint for the rest of the world. And uh, we've really missed a trick because we've just jumped away from actually our businesses, are the farming businesses themselves going to be sustainable, fully sustainable? You know, it's all very well them enhancing the environment you know to a tier higher than they already are doing now but if they can't afford to run the business then there's really no point in having these environmental schemes and if the general public don't understand the schemes uh, I mean a lot of farmers don't understand the schemes so I can't imagine the general public do um, with the greatest respect to them so I think we are missing a trick and we've missed the boat I'm all up for um leading the way you know across the world you know this is the blueprint this is how it should be done um but are other countries really going to listen to it are they really going to go well that's that's great look look what england's doing um we'll do that as well are they really going to do that i i don't know not at the moment they're not going to the rest of europe seems pretty keen on gearing up food production and we seem to be heading the other way yeah absolutely 
and sort of finally then um what what would you what do you, would you say is the kind of biggest immediate threat to your own um farm business sustainability at present um taking into account the sort of pillar element that we've discussed earlier uh the the volatility of the global market and and the immediate market in this country as well um i'd say that's that's the biggest threat this year this week today um you know I'm going to take Carl Hughes to market tomorrow. The trade looks really good on them. Um, but, you know, they, they've had to eat quite expensive cake this year. So the trade has to be up. There's nothing to stop it coming down. Um, I would I would argue that's, that's going to be the biggest risk to us. Um, and, again, perhaps the social aspect of how is this all... What are they going to perceive now in the next six months? How is it going to change? If this war still rumbles on and the cost of living is still extortionate, um, where does that leave farming? Does farming have to change rapidly overnight to accommodate that, um, which typically isn't very easy because it's seasonal and yearly? Um, so I'm quite interested in, in all that and how we navigate that. Um, but I, I would question any farmer that says he gets up every morning and goes right how can i be more sustainable what am i going to do today um I'm, you know your first thoughts probably i need to go check the sheep and i hope nothing's dead um, but uh yeah so i find sustainability as a whole for our business is something that's sort of just in the background flowing quite naturally and um you can occasionally relate something you do to how sustainable you are yeah, I think that's great. A great way to end, really. And I think it just encompasses what you were saying at the start about how um, how it, how sustainability just sort of runs through through farming businesses as as they operate. And um, being um, you know being environmentally sustainable and and friendly, for want of a better word, is is something that that it's part and parcel of of running the farm to, in order for it to be productive um, in terms of healthy soils and and all that kind of thing. So thank you very much, Tom. No, thank you. Reaching a pivotal 10-year milestone, the British Farming Awards are back. Bigger, better and ready to celebrate the nation's extraordinary farmers. There are 16 refreshed award categories that support many agricultural sectors. You can enter yourself for an award or nominate someone you know by visiting britishfarmingawards.co.uk. Entries close on the 24th of June. Good luck. Hi, Nian. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, appreciate your time. We are going to just have a little look at sustainability today and just get your take on it, really, um, what it means to yourself and your farming business and some of the challenges or sustainability goals that you're kind of working on. So it'd be good if you could just to start with um, a little bit about yourself and your farming background um, and your business at home. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, thanks, Anna. So uh, my background is uh, growing up on a beef and sheep farm. The kind of numbers dwindled, dwindled down, um, only beef now uh, with the sheep flock sold. Um, and kind of since then, for the last eight years, I've been farming with my partner, Harry, and his parents um, in Mid Wales, not far from Tregaron. Uh, we have a range of, of land uh, from, from hill to lowland. Uh, we milk around 120 Holstein Frisian cows. We also have 1,200 Welsh Mountain Ewes, uh, and we also keep the beef on our stores from the dairy herd as well. 
Um, so yeah, always been in agriculture, studied agriculture at university, um, and I now teach agriculture um, full time off the farm as well at Aberystwyth University. Um, so heavily involved. <laughs> Brilliant. So sustainability is obviously um, a, a bit of a buzzword of, of the moment. It's kind of all over social media and, and in the press and things. Um, but just in your own words, what what would you say sustainable sustainable farming means to you, and why do you think it's become sort of so talked about um yeah i think uh kind of what it means to me sustainable farming would be a farming business um that's working with the environment and also um using the resources they already have um obviously my uh, point of view will be coming from livestock production and also emphasizing on on grassland and it's it's using your resources efficiently knowing what you have um and ensuring your business doing that and ensuring your business is successful um, and also that your business survives. Um, I think it's turned into a buzzword uh, naturally uh, as we think about climate change and the burden and the challenges that poses. Um, That naturally leads to the word uh, sustainable, obviously, because sustainable is uh, something that we want uh, to a business we want to survive or something we want to survive for a very long time um so i think it's naturally led to that especially if we think about you know we want to continue inhabiting this planet and um, not just for our generation but for the generations to come and it's naturally led to this uh, to this world would and um just thinking about your own farming business um that you outlined before um what would you say are the kind of key components of sustainable farming within that have you got any um any specific elements that you're focusing on? Yeah, um, I think naturally for us, it's production and production efficiency. Um, I'm sure that would be a, like similar to a lot of livestock um, production systems. So grassland management, um, animal health and genetics, uh, nutrition, and also um, yeah, in the recent kind of time succession as well. Uh, it's it's been very important to us uh, if we expect farms to carry on and generations to take over then the needs succession is uh, I'm quite passionate about succession so yeah it's certainly a, an interesting topic in itself and we could talk um, we could talk a whole topic a whole episode just on that I'm sure um, but within those kind of um, those four sort of areas that you've that you've outlined have you um, made any sort of particular changes in the interest of efficiency um, just for example around grassland management um, recently? Yeah we have um, so we're kind of looking at our um, yeah our our dairy herd is obviously um, we're trying to push grass space as much as possible fresh grazed grass uh, we're looking at splitting fields into smaller paddocks and also we've started measuring grass this year and um, we've also been a part of the British Grassland Society mentor scheme. Uh, our mentor has been very good to us. Uh, we've been in touch and been to their farm and seen how we can Im- employ some of the improvements they've made. Um, and also uh, we've joined GrassCheck GB, which will allow us to benchmark against farms and particularly farms that are quite similar to our production system. Um, in terms of animal health, I mean, we've always been a closed herd. Uh, we're, you know, BVD accredited, uh, tested for uh, lepto, we're tested for uh, yonis ever, every quarter. Uh, we work with our vet uh, on our health plan. Uh, these are these are kind of things we naturally do, but we've, 
we're becoming more and more away um and i don't i feel particularly that you know farmers are already doing a lot and these all these things that you already do every day they all lead to better production and um more efficiency yeah um and yeah yeah very little mastitis and um also use selective dry cow therapy um and yeah our genetics uh we've always selected top 20 percent um ahdb bulls uh we work we work with genus on that um obviously there's there's rooms room for improvement in all of these aspects i mentioned and and stuff we want to improve on we're not perfect by far um and and yeah um work with our nutritionists again for the winter diet then and try and improve our silage every year and um succession uh, like i mentioned um might not spring to mind when you think of sustainability but to sustain a system and um, to keep it going you've got to have uh, a plan in place a plan might be different for every farm but um yeah we kind of have a have an outline of a plan together that we you know written together work together on as a family um might not get stuck to but you know you just start that conversation you know um i feel it's very important so um in terms of sort of more widely um and sustainable and kind of kind of productive farming we've kind of been talking about them kind of coexisting um and do you think that 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 is important you know production and sustainability need to coexist can we continue to do that without kind of undermining the next generation's um ability to kind of produce food yeah i do um i i think there's quite quite a big challenge um facing um everyone um i mean personally i find it quite um challenging that there's such a divide between being sustainable or producing food um and i see that particularly from consumers as well it's it's seems to be that they're under the perception you know you can't have a healthy environment you can't have biodiversity you can't have any of these things if if you're farming um so part of the answer to that i think is farmers marketing what they do um you know there's plenty of surveys out there that show that consumers listen to farmers the most uh, they like to hear from farmers so i think there is and i have seen you know we've become better um as an industry as a body of farmers at, at representing and showing off and marketing what we do but I think there's definite room to um increase that um and yeah working together really I think um I mean farmers tend to work together well it's maybe the disconnect within industry sometimes um and yeah I think I think that's the biggest thing I, I would say yeah yeah that education uh, elements come up quite a lot um with just others that I've chatted to about this um farmers just sort of telling telling the story of what they do and it is I think it is becoming more um you know there's more support and help out there to do that but it is it is challenging isn't it and I think it's going to be an ongoing challenge for us uh, as an industry um and just in the kind of interest of sustainability going forward do you think that um any gains to be had from kind of connecting modern farming methods with approaches of the past, kind of integrating livestock into crop rotations and perhaps just going back to some of them um, methods that that have been practised before? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of uh, livestock production anyway, I think precision um, technologies have a huge potential. Um, however, 
you know, it's it's very daunting, I think, for a lot of farmers. Um, and you know, if new technologies out there, it can be expensive, especially for the smaller herds. Um, yeah, a lack of lack of knowledge about knowing how to how to use it. Um, and especially if it's younger people coming into the business, um, like myself and and um Harry, then it's always more of a challenge to persuade the the gen you know the previous generation that they need to be doing using something new or it's just yeah it's it's difficult um but there's there's a massive scope for incorporating more technology and even things you know eid is is a piece of technology um precision technology that i don't think many farmers will maybe think that we think it it is but there's a lot of small things that you can be using um and also that that farmers maybe that we kind of identify what we're already doing that's beneficial um you know the practices we're already doing um you know we really value the um you know the cost of our muck and our slurry um you know it's a great asset to us um we look really try and look after our soils um and that's something really proud something to be really proud of and farmers do that naturally. Um, and, you know, I see more and more people recognising ground nesting birds and variety of birds and stuff. That's really great. And, um, you know, pollinators, thinking about pollinators. It's, it's simple things, you know, it's not it's not drastic steps. It's simple things that we need to recognise and shout about and perhaps build on. Yeah, yeah. Um, that That's an interesting point that, um, yeah, just something like EID, it's just sort of, it's rolling out more and more widely, isn't it? And more people are sort of taking that up or just incorporating it in a small way. Um, that's just one example, but there's loads, isn't there? And perhaps, yeah, sometimes as farmers, we don't think that we're doing anything particularly groundbreaking, but it is it is just some small steps, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, and just sort of um, thinking about the immediate sort of future and um, the sustainable challenges that you might face, what do you think is the kind of biggest immediate threat to your sort of sustainable farming business model um well i wouldn't be farming if i didn't say prices um <laughs> i'm sorry but <laughs> yeah particularly the price of our welsh lambs you know uh, we do sell some fat but we do sell stores and i do wonder and concern slightly if there's going to be a market for those lighter lambs um especially if there's not the feed around the end of the year um we try not to worry too much about about that because there's things that are out of our control really but you know it does sit in your mind and and the same with the milk price um you know we're looking at we're looking at reinvesting into the farm um and that is not something you can do obviously without without the without the profit without the income um and that that um investment into farm infrastructure is something that will improve our production improve our efficiency and improve the sustainability of the farm ultimately so um without that investment into the farm um yeah i think that's that's a big threat and also uh, the nvzs in wales that's going to be um very difficult i think um there's just so much so much pressure on on farmers and um yeah it can be a very difficult industry and um and i think um nvzs are gonna uh, well they already have put a massive amount of worry and uh, stress onto farmers and for us like i said we're gonna 
invest into the farm to make sure we can meet those storage requirements. Um, but also it's understanding the figures and the planning and what what kind of you know paperwork that we'll have to comply to. And it's the um, yeah, it's a scary change, I think. Um, so yeah, those those are the most immediate threats, anyway. Hi, Bruce. Thank you very much for for joining me today. Um, appreciate you giving up your time to speak to us. Um, so as we've discussed off air, um, just hoping to have a bit of a chat about sustainability today and unraveling the term, I suppose. Um, keen to delve into what it means for different farmers. So, um, just to to give a little bit of context, um, if you could just introduce yourself and where you farm and the type of farm that you're running. Well, I'm Bruce Mackey, and uh, we're dairy farming up in Aberdeenshire, um, in just north of, uh, of Aberdeen by about 30 miles, where we milk about 250 cows through four Lely robots. Uh, we're organic, um, and, uh, and we produce yogurt on the farm under the Rora Dairy uh, brand. Uh, is that a family farming business? Yeah, yeah, my... Um, uh, my father initially took the tenancy here in uh, 1966, and um, I've continued on uh, after him uh, into it. Fantastic. Um, so sustainability um, is obviously quite a bit of a buzzword of the moment. Um, so I would just be interested in your views, sort of in your own words, on on what you think sustainable farming is and why um, why you think it's become such a such a buzzword just now. I think you know for me sustainability you know the the topic of the day is, is carbon isn't it and and climate change and you know there's sort of two aspects of looking at that one is that you look at the UK emissions and you see that um beef and sheep as ruminants you know contribute less than 6% of emissions whereas you know uh, fuel transport whatever uh, is by far the biggest offender, uh, but having said that, you know I can I recognise that we as an industry need to take some responsibility for what we emit, and that also the goal is zero emissions. So how do we get there or get as close to there as we can? Um, and and certainly, you know, cows get a bad press, don't they? In the thing, their, their PR is pretty poor in the thing because. You know, mention climate change, and somebody chucks up a photograph of a cow somewhere or something. So, you know, uh, a we've got to be able to communicate that better to the public that you know that that uh, maybe we're not the um, the bad boy here. But but I think also there are things that we can do, uh, and you know, for us, I think that the thing is if we can produce um, you know longer living cows and um, and you know, carve them at twenty-four months and things, so that that heifer period when they're not productive is spread over a, a longer lifetime with more liters. I think it could make a real difference in terms of reducing the carbon footprint per liter of milk. Um, and we've we've had some success at that. Um, if we looked at the number of hundred-ton cows that we had up to twenty fifteen. Uh, I think we had 12 between about 96 to 2015. Um, in the last seven years, 
we've had another 15 cows on top of that. So by you know looking at the breeding, the genetics in particular, um, how they're fed, the environment that they're in, uh, making you know more cow friendly uh, shed, you know good stockmanship and things. I think we can make a real difference there in terms of that. Uh, and to me, you know, there's a real opportunity there that you kind of become a sort of virtuous circle. You need less replacements. So, um, you know, you can select on the on the top end of your, your cows. You know, we then use, um, you know, sex semen. So, again, we're, in, we're reducing that, that further, so much more selective on it. Um, we only use sex semen or beef semen um, in the thing. So, you know, we're producing a very sellable product in our beef cross calves that go into the beef industry and that lowers the beef industry's carbon footprint because you don't have to have the suckler cow. The suckler cow, uh, the suckler uh, breeder might not be quite so enthusiastic on that, but we're doing our bit towards that. So that, that's an important bit for us, I think. Um, I think, you know, if, if we're looking at, at um, sustainability beyond the, the carbon thing, I think, you know, biodiversity has to be... Uh, uh, an important bit of that, and you know we uh, uh, and um, you know I think it's true for all farmers, not just just ourselves as organic. But you know we did quite a lot of work in terms of of filling you know awkward wet bits of the farm, and um, we maybe put in put a little bit of trees in there. But rather than creating little islands in the farm, we then maybe link them up with a. a a grass margin, a hedge, or something along, you know, plant them between the ditches. So you then have sort of um, wildlife corridors uh, to link those up. And I think we get a bit of sort of environmental leverage there by doing that kind of thing. Um, and so that the, you know, the, the, the sum is greater than the whole. And, and I think that's the real, for me, that's the argument against the sort of wilding um, thing in that I think we can achieve real environmental benefits by being clever about the the habitat enhancements that we do rather than necessarily you know um, allowing the whole place to go wild or planted in trees or whatever else but i think you know that does take a, a little bit of thought in that you know we want to be using native species and and, and such like uh, and i think also the you know grass based Agriculture has a has an important role to play in that, because you know our lays are down for a for a long time. We're um, uh, we probably have more diversity of of plants within the sward and such like. So there are undoubtedly uh, biodiversity benefits to livestock agriculture or ruminant outside um, uh, uh, agriculture. So so that's um, that's important. And I was just interested, you were talking earlier about um, the sort of efficiency um, elements of the business and, and how that's become um, quite important to your business model, things like carving your heifers at, at 24 months and making sure that, you know, the model's as efficient as it can be. Um, has that been a sort of gradual change that you've implemented and, and kind of what has driven driven this change? Is, is that sort of sustainability of the business in the back of your mind, do you think? Part of it's um, sustainable, yeah, sustainability in the back of the mind. But but I think I think it's also one of those things where sustainability is good business. 
you know, we're carrying less stock, those stock are more productive um, and things. So we, we're not carrying, you know, a too large a heifer invent, uh, inventory uh, and such like. So, so that has, there's a twin benefit in there, isn't there, as well? Um, so uh, um, I'm not entirely sure that perhaps sustainability was the first motive, but, but when we sat back and thought about it, you could see that there are benefits there. Um, I think the, the other thing um, is that it's really important that we don't sort of export our problems, you know, and, and, you know, it's fine thinking about biodiversity here, but if we think about the, the, um, the food that we import for our cows, or, well, for our cows or our people for that matter, but, but taking it on the, on the farm level, you know, it's pointless being really good at what we do on the acres that we farm. And then if we don't buy soya that's responsibly sourced or that if we're buying palm oil that some poor orangutan has had to give up its home for. And, and, and somehow it seems a little bit absurd that a, you know, a cow, which is pretty indigenous to the UK, has to be fed on food that comes from thousands of miles away. Um, and, and one of the things, and it's again, it's economically driven, is that you know, as an organic farmer with soya prices now hitting, you know, well, they're north of a, a thousand pounds a ton. We're going to have to do something about that. So it probably means, you know, growing um, better forages, conserving them better, um, uh, growing our own beans, things like that, rather than things. So, so we're almost being forced economically to be better sustainably too uh, into the whole thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and a similar conversation I had yesterday, actually, in terms of the economic element, um, is is yeah, obviously crucial as a as a business owner. But in terms of feed and fertilizer, maybe not so applicable to yourself. But you know, rocketing, um, that that's just increasingly um, more important. Um, so with that in mind, um, just in, just in terms of your own business model, and you mentioned sort of grass-based ag and things like that, is that something that you um, that you're utilising that sort of grazing and and growing your own sort of um, forages and things? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, being organic, we have to put cows out to grass anyway. Um, but uh, you know, it's how do we be better at it? Can we get the, these proteins up? You know, and and I think it will stimulate. Or I hope it will, it will stimulate more research into, you know, how do we get quality proteins that can be homegrown? And you know, we're a bit far north, so you know, spring beans aren't ideal, but but winter beans will fit much better into our rotation. And I know that the likes of the Hanna Research Institute, um, based at, you know, in Dundee, doing you know terrific work on, on beans, dual cropping. Uh, and and such like applicable for both you know conventional and organic farming. So really excited about what what that's going to or the opportunities that that's going to bring. Yeah, definitely interesting stuff. And yeah, would be would be interesting to see where that where that heads, as you say. Um, so in terms of sort of sustainable food production and um, making sure that we've got enough enough food to sort of feed feed the nation. Um, do you or what do you have any views on kind of whether sustainable and productive farming can kind of coexist with in mind this sourcing of kind of more responsible inputs um, and things like that? Is, is that where the research needs to be done? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, there will be, 
There are some cows that don't emit any methane, and there are some that produce lots. And we look too much at the average. You know, at some point, somebody is going to say, you know, that genotype of cow, uh, um, you know, are the ones that that produce, you know, no methane or low levels of methane, or it's going to be, you know, this is the the um, uh, here's a, a cocktail of of bugs or whatever else that you can. Um, you know, prep your, the cow's rumen or the calf's rumen with, so that they're low low emitters. You know that research, uh, you know, will come, and we will reduce dramatically the the amount of methane that that that's uh, uh, being produced by by ruminants. So, so there's, there's exciting research, you know, that will come uh, and have a, a positive effect. And I think you know the other thing about uh, you know. Animal agriculture, ruminant agriculture, is that the grass-based systems you know, generally are produced or um, on you know land which is less favourable to crops, and and you know and you know we we compete pretty well with these non-milk milks in terms of uh, nutrient quality for for human consumption. In fact, I think on, on most factors we would be cheaper if you look, looked at it on a nutrient basis. So, so there's a role there in terms of feeding people. There's a role there in terms of you know the farming and, and the capability of the land that, that milk's produced from, or sheep or beef. Um, it might be a little bit smaller and such like. But I think it, it's also truly it's really important for farmers to remember that you know we're all businessmen and we need to produce what the market. You know demands, so you know rather than trying to force something on them, you know let's produce what they want. But while they want to have um, milk that's nutritious, cheap, whatever else, or beef or or lamb, you know let let's produce it here where we produce it really well, um, uh, with great standards and things with a low carbon footprint, um, rather than somewhere that's a more fragile um, environment. Um, perhaps environmentally, or where standards aren't as high. And um, you perhaps touched on earlier, sort of the some of the key areas of um, sustainability within your own business, and and um, and some of your own sustainability goals. Um, are there any that you, particularly that you can highlight, and and perhaps how you're going about achieving those? Are they mainly sort of environmentally led for you? How how do you view it? I think I mean. Uh, well, we're, you know, the, uh, we will do the next um, revision of AgriCalc to get our carbon footprint. Um, you know, we need to know where we where we start and then and where we can get better at it. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things you've just got to keep looking at it and, and where are the opportunities there to be better at um, at the whole thing. You know, should we be using electric vehicles to be uh, feeding our cows like the Lely Vector system or? Or whatever you know that could be powered by solar panels, reduce the the carbon footprint of that. Uh, probably more efficient for the cow as well. Um, you know more forage in there. I think you know um, you know use of renewable energy. It's almost quite exciting the whole thing because there's so much to be done. I think is the uh, is the attraction to the thing, isn't it? So, and uh, uh, perhaps a slightly different argument, but. Uh, uh, point, but uh, I was in Holland uh, uh, before um, COVID, uh, 
Um, and um, uh, I met a farmer there who said, you know, that his father had gone or- organic, but you know, you needed to think. Well, what was the next thing? And he said, farm together. And I really like that because it talks about community there, doesn't it? You know, so we farm together. You know, we don't have to do it all ourselves. We can support farmers around us by you know sharing equipment, using labor, such like that. And I think that's an important bit of the sustainability thing, is that that you know as as farmers we don't stand as islands. We depend on what's around us, and and I think that mentality of farming together I found really attractive. And that's all we have time for today. So thank you to Tom, Nia and Bruce for joining us. Some really interesting views there and great to get a different take on what sustainability means to different farming businesses. I do think it's interesting that while environmental elements clearly have a big role to play in the sustainability discussion, so too do efficiency and productivity goals, many of which a lot of farmers are doing already in some way as our guests discussed on today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite platform to make sure that you never miss an episode going forward. And we'll be back with another episode next week. But until then, I've been Hannah Park and from myself and all of the team here at Farmers Guardian, we'll see you next week.